Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit peopleofhope.church. Amen. Good morning. I am so excited that you are with us today. Part of what we want to do as a church is to be an encouragement to families. So we're going to spend a couple of Sundays leaning into lifting up some encouragement toward family relationships today. We're going to be talking about how grace, grace expressed as as the love and mercy and kindness and compassion of God makes things better in parenting. And then next Sunday, come on back, we're going to look at how grace makes things better in marriage. So today as we start out, I want you to know I want you to hear this very clearly. God cares about your family. God cares about how it's going at home. He cares about how the discipline is is put forward for your kids. He he cares about how it's been going at the dinner table. He cares about how bedtime's been rolling. He cares about the discussions about homework and grades and getting ready for the ACT. He cares about the first dates and the homecomings and all the different layers. He cares as your kid goes off to school. He cares as you have those relationships adjust and transition a little bit. When your children are then in college and then out in grown-up world and they get married and they have kids, but you're still parenting them, right? He cares about all of that. And we care about it too. Your church loves you. Your church is for you in your parenting relationships. And today, just in some general ways, we want to cheer you on. Some of you in the room, your kids are younger. Some of you, your kids are kind of in the middle, and they're in those teenage years, and some of you, you've got kids who are older, and some of you have just gone for the trifecta. You've got kids in every age group right now. Way to go. I don't know how you pulled that off. Some of it was a surprise. Some of it was a miracle. Some of it was just the way life went, but we all have kids at different phases. My wife, Stacy, and I, we have three kids, and our oldest is 24. He's a boy, and we have another boy who's 21, and we have a daughter who is just recently turned 20. And so we're right there with you. We are still parenting. We have one in grown-up world. We have two in college, and we are still parenting as we go along the way. So I'm hoping that God will encourage our hearts as well as he encourages yours today. This is our conviction this morning in this series, that in every situation and in every single relationship, If the grace of God working out of your life is applied to that relationship, it can make things better. I love the simplicity of that. We're not coming this morning to know every detail of the crisis that's going on in your home. We're not coming uh, to understand all of the angles of the big blow up that you recently had with one of your kids. We're not coming today to, to bring you, you know, three points that are going to radically change your, your life together with your kids forever and forever. We're coming today with this hope that if we will lean into the grace of God and bring the grace of God and pour out the grace of God through our parenting, it will make things better. Now let me say this though. Come on, people of God, and rise up in faith. If you are in crisis, if you are in a strange relationship, if you are in conflict with a child, if you are separated and distanced and kind of cut off from one of your children, God can absolutely change that relationship. Amen? We got to have that kind of faith. Because you know what I heard recently? He's a way maker. 
He's a miracle worker. Amen? So let's have that kind of faith that God can change it. But we want to stand this morning in the truth, in the conviction that grace makes things better. Let's talk about grace just briefly for a moment. I want to talk about the grace of God and how it's then going to be worked out in our lives in a, in a couple of ways to understand God's grace. First of all, God's grace is an attitude and it's a way of looking at people. Grace is an attitude and it's a way of looking at people. We understand this because grace is God's attitude of undeserved kindness toward us. Aren't you thankful for grace? God has not given us what we deserve, but he has given us undeserved kindness. Hallelujah. So God looks at us who were rebellious. God looks at us and he sees us going, God, we don't care about you. God, we hear what you're saying the way we should walk, but we're going the other way. God, you're telling us the things that we should be about, but we want to be about these other things. God looks down at our stubborn, rebellious, absolutely wicked hearts and he says, I see you as you are and I love you as you are. God has an attitude toward us, a way of looking at us that is undeserved kindness. So imagine if you brought that into your parenting. Your stubborn child, who, by the way, can we just say it out loud, they're just like you? If you started looking at your stubborn child the way that God looks at you, if you started looking at your disobedient child the way that God looks at you, if you would adopt this grace attitude, this way of looking at them, which is compassion and mercy and kindness and patience and long-suffering, it's all these beautiful godly things. It's this way of looking at people. The second way I want us to understand the grace of God this morning is that grace is a choice to help the weak, the ignorant, or the helpless. Grace is a choice to help the weak, the ignorant, or the helpless. When you and I were helpless in our sin, when we were in its grip and we couldn't break free, God chose to act to set us free, not because we had been good boys or girls, not because we had cleaned up our act, but just as a free gift of grace because he loves us. Isn't that good news? When God looked at you and he sees the consequences that have come on your life because you've sinned against him and what you've earned for yourself is eternal separation and judgment. God looked upon you and he looked upon me and he gave us, he acted, he chose to step into history and to send his son Jesus to die on the cross as a substitute payment for the payment we owed. God chose to act on the behalf of the weak, the ignorant, and the helpless. I wish we could say we didn't know better about sin, but we do, don't we? But so many of us in this room are weak in the battle with sin. So many of us in this room are very, very familiar with the fact that, that apart from Jesus, we would be in the grip of sin and we would, have, we would have no escape. We'd be toast because sin is really strong. Hello? It's really, really strong. 
but God didn't look at us and didn't see us as these disappointing, weak people spiritually. He saw us as spiritually dead and incapable of helping ourselves. So what he did was he moved toward us in our weakness. Grace is God's choice to act. So now, hold on. Bring this through into your family. God chose to do something so our lives could be changed. When you see your weak son or daughter, when you see your helpless son or daughter, when you see them caught up or swept up or overwhelmed or overcome or addicted, or when you even see them as, as, as acting foolish, when they're not even thinking, when they're really acting out of ignorance, when they don't understand, when they're not getting it. Grace is the choice to unfold the arms and step toward them with love. This is the grace of God. And it's beautiful. <coughs> if you haven't heard clearly ever before, I just want to say ex explicitly this morning, None of us in this room deserve to be forgiven for our sins. But God loved you. Not just the world in general, but you. He knows you. He made you. He knows your heart. He knows your story. He knows your struggles. He knows your background. He knows every detail about your world because he made you and he sees you and he knows you. And when you were helpless to do anything about your sins, and when you were stuck in the judgment you had brought upon yourself for rebelling against God, he loved you so much, he gave his only son, Jesus. And Jesus died on the cross and paid for your sins in full. Can I just say that again? Jesus paid for our sins completely. Jesus died and God raised him from the dead to demonstrate his power over death and sin forever. And Jesus is alive right now. And God is extending this offer to every single one of us. And a lot of us in the room have jumped into this. The offer is this, is that if we will believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he really did die and rise again to accomplish paying for the guilt of our sin. And if we believe in Jesus and follow him as the Lord and leader of our lives, and become his disciples, his followers, that all of our sins, even the one you're thinking of right now, all of them can be forgiven. And you can be made new. You can be set free from the grip of sin in your life. You can have the promise of heaven for all eternity. That sounds pretty good. And you can be part of something called the church which is not a building, it's not an organization, it's not a brand, it's not a location, it is all of the people who know and love and follow Jesus. You get to be part of a family. So if you haven't believed in Jesus, believe today and have your sins forgiven. Believe today and be made new. He loves you. He's done this for you. And you're not here by accident this morning. It could be that God didn't bring you here to hear something about parenting. God brought you here to hear about his love for you. Believe in him and 
get a brand new family, believe in him and be set free from the grip of sin. Believe in him and have the promise of eternal life so that you would be, as we sing, no longer a slave to fear, but a very grateful child of God. And all that's been made possible by grace. Now, that attitude of looking toward us and the action in compassion and in love, put that into your parenting approach. Looking at your children with compassion and love and acting toward them even when they're ignorant, helpless, and weak. This is the grace of God and grace makes things better. I want us to spend a couple of seconds looking at one of my favorite parts in scripture in Ephesians chapter two. One of my favorite passages here, the first five verses of Ephesians two. It's one of my favorites about the grace of God. And we're gonna see God taking care of us. We're gonna see his attitude and we're gonna see his choice to act and what he has done for us. And by the way, as we're looking here, if you don't own a copy of the scriptures that are easy to read, we would love to give you one. Uh, if you'll stop by the starting point center in the lobby on your way out today and say, hey, can I have one of the Bibles? They'll hook you up. That'll be yours to keep. We wanna make sure everybody who wants a Bible um, can have a Bible. Ephesians chapter two. Paul says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Paul saying, none of us have a clean past. Hello? Hello? None of us have a clean past. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, yep, and following its desires and thoughts, yep. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So there's something clear we deserved, but grace gives us undeserved kindness, compassion, love. This is how we are to look at our kids, parents. And this is if your kid is four years old or 40 years old. This fits for all of them. We know what they were deserving, but let's listen to see what God did. We were deserving of wrath. Verse four, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, do you hear the grace running through here? Made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions, for it is by grace you have been saved. Here in this passage, we see the truth about our own corrupted lives. We see the truth about what we deserved. And then we see God looking at us clearly, knowing who we were, knowing we were dead in the transgressions of our sins, yet loving us anyway. God having an attitude of undeserved kindness and then an act of making us alive in Christ. If you will take the grace of God and apply it to your parenting, it will absolutely make things better. Our parenting relationships will be better if we respond to our children in the ways that God responds to us. Hello. Aren't you glad that God doesn't respond to you the way that you sometimes have responded to your kids? Whew. 
grace makes things better. And while we're here in this moment of grace, before we go too far into the meat of the message this morning, let me speak to the young people in the room, the kids in the room, and I'm pretty sure I've studied biology once upon a time. I'm pretty sure all of us in the room were kids or are kids at some point, right? You're with me on that? We're all somebody's kids? Just checking, see if you're awake. All of us need to have grace toward our parents, If your parents are still living, if your parents are still with you, you need to have grace toward your parents, meaning you need to show them undeserved kindness. Young people, your mom and your dad are doing the best they can. And they've got their own junk to deal with, their own struggles to deal with. They've got a lot of work to do. They have a lot of responsibilities. They have a lot of attention to give. They have a lot of things to to be on top of. And they want desperately to love you and care for you and lead you and protect you. But they are human and they are also weak. And they have their own struggles with sin. And they have their own track record of inconsistency with God. And they're struggling maybe even in their own relationship with their marriage and their, their spouse. There's a lot on their plate. So here's what I'm asking students. Would you then take the grace of God? Would you respond to your parents the way that God responds to you? Would you be patient with them? And by the way, if you're the firstborn in the room, they didn't know what they were doing when they brought you home. You were too little to know, but they were terrified. Let's let grace sift into our family relationships because grace makes things better. Let's respond to our children the way God responds to us. Let's respond to our parents the way God responds to us. For the meat of the teaching this morning, I want to just give you three expressions of grace in parenting. Just three. I... You could write books and spend weeks and do lots and lots of hours of seminars and conferences on parenting. I'm not going to try to cover it all. I'm just trying to bring you some things from my shepherd's heart to you and your family relationships. I just want to cheer you on. I just want to encourage you. And so I've been thinking about you the last few weeks, and these are the things the Father has put on my heart for all of us as parents today in the room. Number one, grace makes home a safe and easy place. Grace makes home a safe and easy place. Everywhere your child goes outside of your house is hard and difficult. It's full of threats. And it is an onslaught of messages of who they need to be and how they need to be in order to get acceptance and approval. But come on, people of God, Make your home safe and easy for your child to be. Of all the places they go, between school and work and sports and all the different places they go, make your home the place where they can just let down their guard and let down their striving and where they can just rest in the unconditional love and acceptance of your house. If you want to work on your parenting, work on making your home easy and safe. So grace is God's attitude and then God's actions. So 
They've got pressures on them, don't they? Hello? They've got a lot of pressures on them. So let's have an attitude of compassion toward them. All that they're trying to deal with and let's choose to do something about the ways they are vulnerable. Work hard to communicate to your kids that at home they are absolutely free to be themselves. They are absolutely free to be themselves. Now, talking about home being free and easy does not mean that you do away with chores. Sorry, students, if you were thinking that. Home needs to be easy. Well, we're going to get there in a few minutes, but discipline and boundaries and chores and all that kind of stuff, that's actually good parenting. But in terms of having to earn acceptance and perform in order to get affection, take that off the table. Make your home a refuge and an oasis of grace so that your kids, if they're 4, 14, or 40, that your kids can always come home and they can be who they are. They're free in the love of their family. Speak to them about your unconditional love about your absolute acceptance and your complete support. Your unconditional love, your absolute acceptance, and your complete support. Speak those words to them. And, and, and parents, I really encourage you to, to look your kid in the eye frequently and to speak blessings over them. Look, don't assume they know. Don't assume that, that when you told them you loved them four months ago that that's still hanging in the air. Because here's the reality for your kids. The enemy is whispering to them that they are insignificant and not worth a lot. And their peers are shouting at them that they only have value in comparison to others. The enemy is whispering. The peers are shouting. So grace makes home safe and easy. Look your kid in the eye if they're 4, 14, or 40 and say, I love you just as you are and I accept you and I support you and I'm with you, I'm for you. And this door is always open. And I say that carefully this morning because I know there are some family relationships where there's been crisis and abuse from the children toward the parents and the door's been closed and locked for a very good reason. But if you're not in a crisis moment and if you don't have good biblical cause for, for setting that kind of a boundary where the door isn't open with your kids until you get to that point and may you never get to that point. But until you do, your kid needs to know that no matter what choice they make, no matter what fumble they make, no matter what terrible error they create, your love never wavers. Hello? Grace makes home 
a safe and an easy place for all ages. Speak to your kids about God's value for them and your value of them. So grace makes home a safe and easy place. Number two, a second expression of this attitude and this action, grace sets boundaries. Grace sets boundaries because this is truth. License and that thought of just do whatever you want, that is not loving. It's not loving. It's not loving to just let your kids play in traffic if they want to play in traffic. It's not loving to let them run with scissors. We've all heard this our whole lives. It's not loving to let them cheer for Alabama. (laughs) It's not loving to let them eat at Sir Pizza. Grace sets boundaries. Grace steps in and intervenes. And here's, here's what's on my heart for you today. Boundaries protect your children from things that they don't see as threats. Boundaries protects your children from things their little minds or teenage minds or college age minds or adult minds can't see as threats. A little kid chasing a ball into a busy street doesn't understand physics. They don't understand sudden stops and collision. And they don't have any clue as how fragile life is. They don't get it. So as a good parent, you set boundaries about playing in the street. They don't understand. And isn't that in keeping with the grace of God. They don't see what they're doing in themselves, but he sent Jesus anyway. They don't know what they're throwing away, but he sent Jesus anyway. They don't, they're not even aware of what they're rejecting, but he sent Jesus anyway. He looked upon us with grace, and then he acted for us in grace. Hallelujah. So set boundaries for your kids for the things that they don't know are threats. Cars can be a threat, but let's talk about another one. Wi-Fi and digital devices are not a right, they are a privilege. And moms and dads, you had better set some boundaries because Your child doesn't understand the threat. Your child can't comprehend what a predator is. Your child can't comprehend what it could be to become addicted to pornography. Your child can't understand what the threats are, but you better absolutely believe it, that Wi-Fi and devices are gateways into your child's heart and mind. You're opening the door in your home through these devices and through the access. Because as good as you are of keeping up with your kids and talking with your kids, there's a real good chance they're hanging out in places where you would be surprised they're hanging out. They're exposed to things that you'd be surprised they're hanging out. Don't take away your kids' stuff but be involved in your kids' stuff. 
be willing to be unpopular in your house. Be the parent and recognize the threats when they can't. Because some of you are willing to deal with the pieces you're gonna have to pick up later instead of dealing with the fact that your child is mad at you because of some limitations and boundaries. That's not a good trade. Grace is loving. Grace sets boundaries for playing in traffic. And oh my goodness, what traffic there is. Be involved. Don't take it away. That's not the life we live these days. But be involved. Boundaries teach respect and obedience. That's an important thing. Boundaries are really good. They teach respect and obedience. And I want you to think about respect and obedience, respect and obedience, respect and obedience. That's a whole, that's it's so very close to worship and discipleship. Respect, worship, discipleship, obedience. As you teach them to follow mom and dad, you're teaching them to follow God. Respect is the root of all and recognition of God as who he is, and recognition of ourselves as who we are. He is the king, and we are his. He is the father, we are the children. And in your home, boundaries help communicate a healthy respect, never a fear, hello? Never a fear, but a respect for mom and dad and the position that God has put them in in their lives. Little one, God has given you a mom or a dad to care for you and to teach you about things you don't even understand yet, to walk with you, to love you, to hold you, not to serve you unendingly, but to parent you and boundaries are important grace is loving because license do anything you want stay up as late as you want go anywhere you want scroll into anything you want that is not loving grace sets boundaries When you're unpopular in your home because you set boundaries, they won't get it. But that's why your attitude and action is an act of grace. They don't understand. But you're going to love them for what they need, not for what they agree with. They can't see it. Number three, last one. Grace teaches. Grace teaches. Grace looks at those who are helpless, those who are walking in ignorance, those who have been disobedient, those who, who have been struggling, those who have just been really flat out wicked, <laughs> those who have been stubborn, and, and teaches. Grace instills. Grace passes on what's important. Undeserved kindness looks like preparing them for life, not just providing for their immediate needs. Undeserved kindness looks like preparing them for all of life, not just meeting their immediate needs on a Monday. 
If you're married and you have kids, sit with your spouse and talk about how's, how are your conversations going with the kid? How are your conversations going? What are we trying to see? What patterns and trends are we observing? How can we partner together in this to try to teach our children some things? Because it would be unloving to just let them figure it out the hard way. As much as you can, teach. What do we teach them? Well, as I mentioned, we could spend hours and weeks in books and seminars and conferences and all kinds of stuff on this, but I just wanted to give you three things that were on my heart for you this morning. Uh, First of all, teach them humility. They won't understand it, but it will help them have more friends. Teach them humility because it will help them have more friends. Secondly, teach them resilience. Resilience is bouncing back. Let them taste defeat when it's appropriate. You cannot protect your child from a moment of losing. Life includes sometimes you win and sometimes you don't. So let them appropriately taste defeat but then help them get back up off the floor. Teach them resilience because someday they're gonna leave your nest and life's gonna be hard and life's gonna hit them like a brick wall and they're not gonna get everything they want in life and they need to know how to deal with that. They're gonna meet somebody who just flat doesn't like them, not because they did something wrong, they just choose not to like them. They need to know how to deal with that. Teach your kids resilience. It is undeserved kindness when you help one of your children understand that a moment of defeat is also a moment to stand back up. And there's absolutely no way to get through this life without having a setback or a loss so they better be ready. Teach them humility, teach them resilience, and then lastly, teach them mercy. Teach them mercy, for this is how they learn to give grace to others. Teach them mercy. I know you can crush them. I know you're so ticked off about what they said, about what they did, but teach them mercy. Teach them to be grace givers, because they will reflect Jesus. And they will win hard-hearted people. And because it honors God. When we realize he looked upon us and our wickedness, and he loved us anyway, he loved us enough to act. Teach your kid in the face of wickedness when it's appropriate to have compassion on that offender, and when it's appropriate to act, to let it go. And to find deep joy in giving grace like we've received. Grace makes things better.
And in parenting, it makes home a safe and easy place. It sets some boundaries and it, it teaches. Instead of letting kids fend for themselves. One of my favorite parts of the Bible is the Garden of Eden. And the first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve, were in the garden. And God shaped them out of the dust of the earth and breathed life into them. And, and, and they were his. And he set them up. Have you thought about the Garden of Eden before? Have you guys spent any time thinking about that? Uh, just set them up. And they had no want. They didn't have to work. Everything was plentiful. It was just, it was just amazing. Nothing was too hard for them. Nothing was against them. It was an enjoyment of the created mind of God. Hang on for a minute. Think about the creative mind of God. Can God put together a garden or what? And they got to enjoy it. And then God gave them each other to enjoy. So they got to enjoy God, enjoy God's garden, and enjoy each other in God's garden. And God said to them, go enjoy and delight in all of this, there's one tree. These, who knows, 40,000 trees are all yours. But there's this one tree. And I need you to not partake of that one. I want you to have incredible freedom I mean wide-ranging freedom to enjoy and to delight and to rest and to really drink it all in and enjoy belonging to me. But I got, I got one, just one tree. That's it. So God said, be free and be obedient. This is the grace of God. Yes, there is a call to obedience. Yet is it in the shadow of all of the call to freedom. I want you to think about the kindness of God, the generosity of God in that. So much to enjoy, so much to experience, so much to drink in. And so little restriction. Just trust and enjoy and delight. That is undeserved kindness. Make your home like that. Where the ratio of freedom and obedience is really different. where the thing your kid knows most about you is that you are a fountain of grace, of undeserved kindness. And if they blow it, and if you have to institute consequences, grace looks at the disobedient one and says, let me help cover up your shame. And then let me make a way back for you. 
broken things better. And in your parenting, we believe God for the big radical restorations. But if your parenting is cruising along really good, it's wonderful, it's great. Most of you in the room, it is. Just normal life bumps. Open the valve of grace as wide as you can because it will take what is good and make it amazing. Grace makes things better. Let's respond to our kids the way that God responds to us. Would you bow your head and close your eyes and pray for just a moment? First of all, um, for most of you in the room, I think you, you're able to have a second where you're thankful for a parent, thankful for a mom or for a dad. Most of you in the room, you can. Some of you, you had a grandparent who raised you. Be thankful for them right now. Would you thank God specifically for them? You had an aunt. Or somebody else who took care of you and showed you grace and set boundaries for you. That was God's kindness. Would you thank God for your folks, for your family, for those who shepherded you and led you? Some of you are still in your household. You're a teenager or an elementary student and just invite you to thank God for your mom and dad. And would you pray for your mom and dad right now? They're doing the best they can. It's hard to be a parent. No one gave your parent an instruction manual on how to handle all you're going through and all they're going through all at the same time. Would you pray for your mom and dad right now and ask them to, to receive wisdom from God? peace from God and strength from God and leadership from God would you also ask your God to give your mom and dad joy in the home and as you're a child still in the home would you right now commit right now to pray that you want to be a part of making your home easy for your parents hello come on God Right now, I'm committing to you to be a part of the solution of grace in my house. I want to make it easier in my house. And if you're a parent with a child of 4, 14, or 40, what's God putting on your heart to say right now? For some of you, it's a cry for help. For some of you, it's just a little quiet moment of repentance. For some of you, it's an honest time of saying, God, I really want to be full of grace with my kids, but they just push my buttons sometimes, Lord, and I'm so weak. Help me, God, help me, God, help me, God. Would you ask God to teach you how to show grace? Would you make that commitment right now? Lord, the best I can, I want to make my home easy and safe for my kids, no matter how old they are. 
I want to set good and loving boundaries for my kids when they don't understand the threats. And God, I want to teach them for a lifetime and not just leave it up to them fending for themselves. Committing to that right now. God, we bring these prayers to you this morning uh, because we are humbled and freshly moved by your outrageous love for us. You have not dealt with us as we deserve, but you have shown us the overwhelming, reckless love that you're willing to climb and knock down doors and die on a cross that you didn't deserve to make a way for us. We see how you've responded to us. God, help us respond to our kids in this same grace. Amen. Why don't you stand up? Let's sing this.